Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Hello, hello, and welcome back to OsteoCast. Your hosts, myself, Amanda, Colby, and Sarah here this morning. Hello, hello. Good morning, y'all. So we are recording our final podcast in our series about skin conditions this morning. So we're going to talk all about common questions that we find in our clinics um, or things that um, we find related to skin conditions that people are always asking. So let's just jump right in. So our first question of the day is, why do I get red bumps on the back of my arms? Nice. So do you guys see this question? Absolutely. Uh, clinic? Yeah, definitely. I feel like this is a common one that like when we were kids, or at least when I was kids, this was common in my friends, myself, some family members, and uh, we never really talked about it. And then learning more about the body, this became like eye-opening to me. Um, so a common reaction to that area can be some type of digestion um, issue or poor digestion or some type of a reaction systemically um, to something in the digestive tract, which I found really interesting when I learned about it um, and can be more of an inflammatory response. Is that what you guys find? Yeah, that's the, the main Yes, I would agree with that. I would say the main thing would be the digestive I, components as well. It uh, And in particular, um, and I don't know if you guys have seen this too, but in particular, I, I've seen it with quite a few patients with like wheat and or gluten intolerances. I would say it's yeah. most common with, with that. Sometimes I think that there's some type of a dairy component, but I think the wheat is the big, the biggest one. Well, and all those factors tend to be on the inflammatory scale as well. So if you have any sensitivity to them, you're going to create an inflammation reaction through the gut. And then as we talked about earlier, our skin's our biggest organ, right? So that's how your body's going to let you know there's something going on if it doesn't in a different way with bowel movements, bloating, tummy aches, stuff like that. Yeah. And our skin, when we need to get rid of things, will bring blood to the surface, right? To try and let that um, to try and detoxify that. So it makes sense that, um, we would find more redness, um, rashing or like vasodilation of those, those under the surface blood vessels. So, and honestly, I I don't know enough about it to speak to why that tends to happen in the back of the arms. I just noticed that those little red bumps will get more flared up depending on levels of inflammation in the body. So I can't speak to why it's happening. I just know that I've seen it anecdotally in clinic a handful of times, and that's what I could speak to on it. Um, that being said, though, there's a, another thing that happens in the back of the arm. Sometimes it's not just the red bumps, and it's actually like a like a medical condition to some extent. I'm sure you guys have heard of it before, but like um, they call it chicken skin. Or, yeah, keratosis, right? Yes, keratosis uh, polaris, which essentially is just a – overgrowth of the levels or the levels of uh, creatinine, which is like the outer layer of the skin. And then the um, pores 
that have your hairs for your arm and stuff will you'll get like a little bit of a uh bump at the pores of keratin which gives you that bumpy or rough or chicken skin style feeling as well and that's a little bit different to- topic that has more to do with the dry skin i think than any sort of like an inflammatory response so making sure that things are properly hydrated and there's good blood flow to the arms is going to be a big thing there. Yeah, it can also cause a lot of itchiness. Yes. Um, associated with that just because of that dry skin and the the dead skin buildup that's underneath that. Yeah. So for anybody asking why do I get oh. red red bumps on the back of my arms? Most generally speaking, making sure that your body has lower levels of inflammation and making sure that your nutrition is not irritating your digestive tract on a regular basis. Um, We're not dietitians or nutritionists by any chance, but the best way to play around with that and figure it out is just to eliminate one or two foods from the diet for a week or two and see if stuff gets better. And if it gets better, then you know that that may be one of the things that's causing that level of irritation. And there are other things that might come up in terms of inflammatory responses that you might notice, like you might feel more congested or, you know, you might get that like bloating, full, achy joint feeling as well. So Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily only about the red bumps, but there's other things that you might notice if you start to do that. But again, you would want to follow the advice of if you're, you're using a professional um, that specializes in that area. Totally. Perfect. All right. Let's move on to question number two. So question two is why do I sweat more when I'm stressed and why does it smell worse? Stress sweats. Oh gosh. The nervous sweats, the cold, clammy sweats. Cold, clammy hands. Sarah has those all the time. (laughs) I wouldn't say all the time. (laughs) You guys make me nervous. That's funny. Um, it's just that the body has a different kind of stress response from what I understand with, uh, like being stressed or being anxious or nervous with sweating is it, it, we also sweat as part of a, a safety mechanism, not purely just for like changing body temperature and waste products and stuff. But from my understanding, um, one of the safety mechanisms is that, which sounds gross, but if we're slippery, we're harder to catch or harder to grab onto. So I think the, an overall level of increased stress or nervousness in the body, sometimes the body will, Uh, sweat more and also a more oily sweat opposed to a more water-based sweat. And I think that's where the change in smell uh, with that sweat comes from. So I think it's just a a natural response the body has to stress is that we release a little bit more oily uh, sweat, which is partly a survival mechanism. And then that of course makes us smell worse once it dries, just because it has different components to it than a very hydro-based or water-based sweat. And it's also, sweating is also a way for us to get rid of, like it's a detox as well, right? So if I, from experience or experience in the clinic, I also hear from people if they're, have eaten or are, you know, um, have an inflammatory response, I guess, to certain foods, sometimes that sweat will be worse in the morning after they've eaten those things as a way to detoxify or the same thing when you drink a lot of alcohol. Um, and your body can't detoxify that, you'll notice that that happens as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so nervous system detox response, Mm -hmm. to sum sum it up. 
Cool. So don't get too worried if when you're stressed out, you sweat more and you smell for it because it's a normal response. I mean, I guess it depends on what you smell like, <laughs> but for the most part, that's a normal response. So don't get too concerned with that. Make sure you're drinking enough water and taking care of the body that way, but you should be good. It always comes back to good digestion and elimination and water intake somehow. It does. The body needs a couple of things to function well and food and water are two of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Good food. Good, clean food. All right. Next question is, why do I have breakouts when I eat poorly? There you go. You were just talking about it. Well, back to digestion. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So if you're not feeding your body the nutrition, it can actually break down and absorb, take into the cells what they need to function properly. It's going to have to go back into that. How do we get rid of waste products that the body can't digest, can't use? It will either come out through the bowels or through the skin, right? Our biggest detox organ. So I feel like we've already touched on that one pretty well. Exactly. All right. Number three, why does my skin crack in the winter? So I feel like there's a couple components to this. Um, One could be a... Um, functional component of, you know, you have a decrease in shoulder mobility and how the upper, um, upper dorsals are functioning. And that means that there's a change in the blood supply to and from the hands or um, to a certain point of the skin. I say the hands because most of us are washing our hands a lot right now. Um, But the second component can be Um, the frequent use of hand sanitizers and washing your hands that you're constantly taking that layer off um, and you need to re-moisturize. So there's kind of a two two part to that system. And if everything from a functional standpoint is working or is is doing its job well, then our body should be able to reproduce that skin um, and not have that flakiness. But if that's paired with frequent um, sanitization or washing of your hands and you just kind of have to balance that out. Yeah. I find the cracking skin in the winter, uh, generally speaking, it's quite a bit drier in the winter in the air. There's not as much humidity. So that saps or takes some of the hydration out of the skin, which of course then can lead to drier skin and cracking. The other thing that I find is a major component is that we tend to move much less during the winter. Um, globally, I mean, there are some people who are exercising regularly in the gym, etc. either way, but a lot of people spend more time being sedentary because they're not out and about or going for walks because it's not as nice out. And I think that the decrease in overall movement capacities and motion, whether that's going for a walk or doing some gardening or playing catch or whatever it is, I think that limits some of the blood flow as Amanda was getting into going to, down through the shoulder and into the arm and into the hand or through the leg and down to the feet, whatever that may be. And that may lead to some cracking in the skin because the skin is drying out because it's one, getting dried out from the air and then two, not getting as much fluid motion down to those limbs or to the extremities because of the change in movement patterns. Well, and in saying that too, we also in our climate don't get as much sunshine to all areas of our body in the winter. Of course, yeah. So... I think that that makes a big deal. Most people, when they go on a trip to the sunny south um, from our neck of the woods, find that their skin just feels so great when they come back. Often have a nice tan. Yeah. 
are missing that vitamin D component that we need so badly. Yeah. Yeah. Which from my understanding, I would say kind of ties into all skin conditions, even referring back to the bumps on the back of the arms we initially were talking about. Yeah. But we won't speak too much on that. But just something to keep in mind that we can all see with the sunshine and change in seasons. For sure. Yeah, super important. All right. So our last question, which we might have covered already, but why are there itchy spots on my hands and my waist? So I'd say a lot of this comes back to good blood flow and drainage to and from the area. Um, Depending on where that is from the waist, you'd be looking more at like T12 down. Um, depending on the dermatomes um, and the representation of that. But those would be questions that I would ask initially or ask to see um, where those spots are to see if it's, you know, circular or if it's more like a rash or or hives um, versus just some, you know, irritation to the skin on the, on the surface level. But yeah, I think this... it goes back to all the other things we've already talked about. Yeah, this one's like super open-ended where there's so many questions I would have before I could say – why there's an itchy spot somewhere or what that might be because there's just there's not a lot of information with the question Um, but if it's an area that's common for you whomever asked the question and it's regular then it would be something uh, definitely to investigate and consider if it's there all the time just as Amanda had just said about fluid patterns and movement to it but also depending on the particular areas that you would want to take a look at all of the other functions of the body and in digestion in uh, breathing patterns, etc., and see why it's becoming irritated. And there may be habits that are occurring in the life in your life as well that irritate those two areas. Whether it's hand sanitizer all the time on the hands, or it's a, a change in clothing that you may be wearing, and maybe you have a slight uh, allergy to something that's in the waistband of your underwear or whatever. There's so many little things that can be played into it. So you'd have to have a much more detailed conversation with the person to get an idea and obviously keeping their medical doctor in the loop to make sure that they're taken care of in that uh, standpoint as well. So looking first for an external stimulus and then once that's been ruled out, looking internally. So exactly what you guys said, digestion, proper drainage and blood supply. Beauty. Exactly. Awesome. So I think the summary of our podcast today is, is your digestion working properly? (laughs) And if not, let's figure out why and get things working. As it always is, right? We're like, uh, so osteopathy is really cool and the whole body needs to work properly for everything to work properly. I remember reading uh, Dr. Still Research and Practice the first time and you go through each of the categories, like you're going through like liver or kidneys or diphtheria or all these things. And eventually you read through like the 10th or 12th thing and it's like, correct everything from the tailbone to the head, tailbone to the cranium. And you're like, oh, there seems to be a common factor here. Everything needs to work well. Yeah. Another reason that, you know, we have to always go back to our principles. We treat the body as a whole. We don't think about them and segregate it into different systems or sections. Everything's got to work together. And not to chase the, yeah, not to chase the symptoms, but find the cause. Totally. Totally. Exactly. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, you can find us on 
um, Instagram at osteocast underscore or on Facebook at osteocast. You can reach out for any future topic ideas or any questions that you have, and we can answer them in a future podcast. And we'd love to hear from you. So if you want to leave us a review or shoot us a message um, with how we're doing, things you want us to talk about, that would be wonderful. Otherwise, we're looking forward to chatting with you more in upcoming episodes. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye, guys.